This year's 16 Days in WA to Stop Violence Against Women campaign is calling on everyone, that is absolutely everyone, that is you listening to this right now, that is the person sitting next to you, that is the people sitting around you in the community to play a role in calling out violence and bad behaviour. Now, the annual campaign starts today, which is also the International Day for the Elimination of Violence Against Women and Ending Violence Against Women is everybody's business But this woman has made a life out of it. Her name is Simone McGurk. She is the Minister for Child Protection, Women's Interests, Prevention of Family and Domestic Violence and Community Services. And she joins us now. Good morning to you, Minister. Good morning, everyone. Minister, I don't think I have heard more examples of it's everybody's business as when we saw the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial and everyone was like, oh, this is none of our business. And we're we're trying to say, no, the problem is all of these horrible things happen behind closed doors and we need everybody to be involved. Yeah, look, the stats are incredible. They're quite staggering, actually. In Western Australia, 60% of police assault work is domestic violence related. Mm. Like 60%, 60%. A huge amount. And people complain about we don't have police out there doing what we need and they're not fixing the help on, we need help on the streets and we need all this stuff, but they're having to spend their time doing this. That's right. So, look, the stats are overwhelming, but I guess the, the real message of this campaign is it's not going to be someone else that fixes this. It's going to be all of us becoming aware of what domestic violence looks like, what violence against women looks like. And we heard, for instance, recently in the mining industry, once we kind of pulled a thread, once we kind of shone a light, actually, there's quite a lot going on there that we need to be aware of. So becoming aware of it and also just, just to, to having a look around you to attitudes, behaviours around you and whether you need to speak up sometimes. I mean, I guess this must be amplified for you, your, your situation and your story that we feel like we have the same conversation over and over again and you hope that change is being made. Uh, is it? Do the stats tell us, the, the data tell us that we're starting to transform the way we behave and think about these things? Oh, look, I think people are, um, are, are aware that this needs to change. Mm. That, I, that's my feeling in Australia. But for Western Australia has really high rates of domestic violence. We have the second highest rates in the country. Uh, and so those are the ones that are reported. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, it is difficult to know what success looks like because we want re- incidents to go down, but we want reporting to go up because yes, yes. we know that's probably underreported. Yep. So we're opening up different ways that people, largely women, but not only women, but can come forward, reach out, get help. They might not be ready to go to police. They might not be ready to go to a women's service, but they might want to just get some advice about what their options are and how yep. to go forward. Minister, the thing that staggers me is how quiet this can be as well. And what I mean by that is that um, you, know, you think domestic violence and the first thing that comes to mind is what you can see on the skin. But I heard for the first time driving into work this morning, I heard the term financial abuse. And that's the first time that I'd heard that term. And um, 99% of cases I read when it comes to domestic violence uh, include financial abuse, which is essentially women being held uh, in in these abusive relationships through finances. Mm. Can you um, lift the lid a little bit on that and explain a little bit what financial abuse actually is? Well, yeah, look, it's, it, it, and it also goes to, I think, this point about domestic violence, violence against women has lots of forms. Mm. It can be physical abuse and very serious physical assault, but it can also be what's called coercive control or financial controls. It can also be threats. 
Um, but in regard to financial abuse or financial control, uh, you, you know, it's essentially cutting off women's in economic independence, mm. uh, making sure that um, uh, in this case, in these cases, that women don't have uh, options to make choices for themselves uh, or to make their own judgment about how they spend how they spend money in their lives. So um, we are actually raising awareness about that. And there are um, now some free resources available online where women can just get educated about this. And if they do think they're in an abusive relationship, again, what the sort of things they need to do to prepare themselves uh, to, to make sure they've got their own um, they've got their strategy, own choices. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And yeah. that links so heavily, Pete, to the – like this stat makes me feel sick – is one in three Australians believe that a woman, if a woman doesn't leave her abusive partner, then she is responsible for the violence continuing. Mm. And I never use the term leaving an abusive relationship. I always use the term escaping because as far as I'm concerned, if someone is still in an abusive relationship, it's because they have not had the means to escape. And financial abuse is exactly that because the, the type of abuse where they cut you off from people that you know, they cut you off from your family and friends, they cut you off from finances, so that you, and lots of people who are married and have a joint account, mm. you suddenly don't have access to your own funds mm. or if you've had babies with that person and you can't get your own money, then you literally struggle to leave. Mm. And it's that escape that you're like, other than the people who are at real risk of being killed or severely hurt when they do leave, uh, it, you can't escape. Mm. Yeah, well well said because, I mean, if things are really serious, it's actually when, when women leave that they're at most... Um, at most uh, um, risk, risk yeah. of, of um, some very violent um, behaviour. And, yeah, so um, I think the community attitudes about, um, about violence against women, about women in general, like how hard is it to respect each other? Like yeah. it's, it's just not that difficult just to have a level of respect and consideration for other people and for that to extend to women and I think if we have that as a base in our community, things would really start to shift. Well, Kimber brings up this point quite often, and it really sort of landed with me. You know, there's a lot of great work around the sort of Danny Green-led one-punch attack, coward punch, and we all as a community go, that's disgusting, how could you do that? And yet it doesn't seem to flow through to violence against women. It's, you know, that kind of impact. That's right. So, look... I can't see any circumstances where violence is justified, no. certainly violence in a in a um, intimate partner relationship. Violence generally. Mm. I, there's just no justification for it. But underpinning that violence is uh, is a lack of respect. So if if we think about having respect for each other, if we think about treating people, old adage, but if you treat people how you would want to be treated, yes. all of those sorts of things and look around you and make sure that those sort of values, those sort of principles are instilled in young people amongst your friends. These are the these are the ways that we talk each, to each other. I think it would make an enormous difference. Mm. And once you kind of start looking at critically at what's going on, you can really see that there's some behaviour and some attitudes out there that really need to be challenged. And we all need to step up. And that's our theme for this campaign. That's our call for this campaign, that we all have a role to play. It is everybody's business. Yeah. So, Minister, you say it is everybody's business. And surely there are people listening right now who would be in workplaces or in situations where they would have colleagues or family and friends that they either know or very much suspect are in an abusive relationship and may have even have broached 
the topic of conversation with that person only for that person to turn around and go, no, no, everything's fine, everything's fine. But they continue to suspect that that is the case. What is the appropriate way and the right way to continue pushing as a friend to go, no, 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 I, I seriously think something is wrong here and I would like to help? Yeah, look, I think exactly that attitude that you've that you've outlined there. We can't make decisions for other people, but we can uh, we can urge them strongly to take action and also perhaps get a phone number, leave them with some resources, leave them with something. That's for you to decide. You can make some private um, inquiries there. You can make a call on your own. You can go and see someone. For instance. What we've done, um, we've just we've opened two, and we're about to open our third domestic violence hub. So this is a place where it's a counter. It's not government services. There's not police there. There's not government agencies, but it's community services there that people can just go and ask a question. There's phone lines where people can just go and ask privately, "What are my options? Mm. Can we just talk about what's happening to me and whether this constitutes something that I should be worried about?" And much like when you ask for "Are you okay?" day, there are so many resources online provided to go if you find yourself in a circumstance where you're the person who needs to help somebody and ask those questions they help you with the correct language and the stuff that can help you actually help get to the bottom of that problem there's the number 1-800-RESPECT um, just as a point of impact the fact that you say to me you're about to open a third domestic violence hub and that that's necessary is just incredibly tragic to hear uh, absolutely look, tragic to hear yeah that's right look the, the stats are Shameful. They're really shameful. About 45,000 reports to police each year, um, domestic violence incident reports. So, you know, just, um, you know, it it really is quite staggering. So, look, we need to understand it better, all the different ways that it, that it manifests, that it, that it comes across, Mm. whether that's physical violence, whether it's, you know, out and out aggression, but mostly some of those things that we talked about before, financial controls, what's called coercive controls, just controlling behaviour, cutting off people's, their partner's options, cutting off other support mechanisms, just things, there's some red flags there that people might need to be aware of, becoming um, conscious of those yourself, for yourself, for people around you and starting to call out bad behaviour. That's what we need to do. We need this to change in Western Australia. Changing attitudes Mm -hmm. before it gets to the extreme end. Calling Mm. out inappropriate language in the workplace that, that a few decades ago would have been seen as jokey. Yeah, well, exactly. And stopping it's still it there, seen as you know, it now, yeah, and that's the yeah. thing is that the stats say. I mean, it basically shows we all know someone who's doing this to somebody. Sure. You are friends with people who are doing this to a woman. You work with someone who is doing this to a woman. That's just the stats. Mm. And so, when you come to terms with the fact that if you laughed at their joke in the locker room, you're reinforcing a behaviour and an attitude towards women that they think is legit. So sure. if you're not someone who's not, if you're not hitting a woman and you're not abusing a woman, you'd go like hands in the air, oh, I don't know how to fix this problem. It's not my problem. But it is because you reinforce attitudes by being around those people. Sure. Minister, thank you for your time this morning. It's great.